Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. That's actually a lie. It's my second cup of coffee. Um, I'm a little rough today. <laughs> uh, today is Tuesday, March 9th. It is my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Yay. I already exchanged happy birthdays with her. Uh, the alert among you noted that I, the alert, the alert and busybodies, because probably more of you noticed than uh, said, but that I misspoke on Friday when I said I would talk to you on Monday. And you all are like, isn't Monday second shot day? And you were absolutely correct. So that's why there was no podcast yesterday. And uh, so, yeah, we drove to Amarillo yesterday morning, got the second shot, got home about three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and the second shot is definitely, that booster is a whammy. Whammo-licious. So I woke up, um, I went to bed early. I got in bed at eight. I was holding out. Um, I was kind of thinking about taking a nap when we got home and I decided not to and instead held out as long as I could. So I just watched episodes of Glee um, until eight and then went to bed and woke up at midnight with a fever of 101, which is a lot for me because I'm usually down around 95. 95.5 is pretty typical for me. So, um, I mean, I knew as soon as I woke up that I had the fever. And I've, it's down some this morning. It's down around 99.9, which the thermometer, I've one of those thermometers that, like, gives the happy or sad faces, depending on, like, if they approve of your body temperature. <laughs> Most of the time I, like, don't even register. There's three, there's the... Um, happy face, the neutral face, and the unhappy face for fever. And a lot of times I don't even make the bottom face because they're like, you aren't even a human being. <laughs> so, so yeah, I feel like I've been through the ringer. That second shot, she um really kicks that immune system into high gear. So that's how David phrased it, that he feels beat up this morning. So we are, um, I almost didn't do the podcast. I thought, well, can I can I perk up? <laughs> um, but I don't know if I'm going to try to write today. I I don't know. Um, I have a headache. My teeth hurt, which I remember uh, from my youth um, when I would have a fever. My teeth hurt. Why do my teeth hurt when I have a fever? I don't know. Um, and yeah, I'm sore and achy generally um run down so you know a couple of my friends had told me just plan on having a a quiet day afterwards and I thought oh it's not gonna be that bad it it might be that bad <laughs> so we shall see um yeah so um the the interesting thing about being there was uh, you know, they're doing it at the Civic Center in Amarillo, Texas, which is in the Texas Panhandle, about a four-hour drive from Santa Fe. And um, this time, there was no line to get in. I mean, a line of maybe 10 people. 
and the the big kind of receiving hall where you wait to be processed and they take people up in in rows and i'm not sure how many people it holds but the director of i'm i'm not sure of her exact title she was there last time we were there too but she's like the director of the the health department and um and she's great. I mean, she gets up there and she talks about the vaccine. She talks about all sorts of different stuff, very enthusiastic. And it's interesting because she gets up there and says, um, she says, we're so happy you guys are here. We are, you know, thank you for coming to get the vaccine because you are contributing to your communities. And it's interesting because I think you guys are probably aware that there has been a fair amount of, um, I don't know, chatter, chatter and bitterness from various people about people jumping the line. And we even heard a, a DJ on the radio the other day going, and, and he was seriously bitching about it. It was enough that um, if I ever listened to the radio, I would like not listen to that station anymore. But I have no power that way since I don't listen to him anyway. But, um, and he was just bitching about people jumping the line. It's like, you're taking vaccines away from the people who really need it and it's just wrong and selfish and bad. Well, you know, you all know from listening to me a month ago, uh, talking about wrestling with the ethics of going to get the first shot, um, that, you know, that we, we didn't want to be taking um, the vaccine away from someone who was in a higher danger category. But at this point, here we are in March, um, a lot of people have had their opportunity to go get the vaccine. And the Civic Center, this receiving hall, was easily half empty, maybe even slightly more. And the director of health, we'll just call her that, was getting up there and she was saying, we are giving half the vaccines every day that we could be. She said, so please go out and spread the word. Go out, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers. We want everybody to come in and, and get the vaccine. You know, and they had the, the sign, you know, it's like either you're over 65 or you have like one of these risk factors. And, and she said, you know that sign with the risk factors? She said, you don't even have to have a risk factor on there. It could be anything, anything. At all. It was really funny listening to her talk about this. She's like, anything, anything at all. You want the vaccine, come in and get the vaccine. Um, she said, because I want this room to be totally full all day. And so there's all these stages to the, the processing. And once you get up from your chair in this bigger seating hall, they send you up to a table uh, where somebody you know, processes your paperwork. And amusingly enough, the gal who processed our paperwork was the same one who uh, processed it on February 8th, which is chance. It's entirely chance. I mean, we were there at approximately the same time of day. But as soon as the, the gal who was sending people up by Rose said, um, go to that station there, I'm like, oh, that's the same gal we were with last time. And she was funny. As soon as we sat down, we gave her our registration cards. And she says, um, she goes, oh, look this is my handwriting. <laughs> she said, you guys are back for your second dose. I'm like, yeah, isn't that funny? And she was saying that they are twiddling their thumbs, that 
for the first couple of hours of the day, it's fairly busy. And then all afternoon long, there's like nobody in there. And she was even saying they open a separate door and just let people come straight in because people aren't coming. So, so this is my encouragement. Um, I know many of you are not within driving distance of Amarillo, Texas, but if you are, if you remotely are, go get the vaccine. Jeez. Um, I'm probably not a good evangelist for it this morning when I'm like, oh my God, does my head hurt? <laughs> my teeth hurt. I have a fever. You guys feel sorry for me. Um, but it's so nice. It's so nice to be fully vaccinated. And I saw, you know, the new CDC recommendations are that, you know, people who are fully vaccinated can socialize with each other um, without masks or distancing. So, you know, it's, we're finally coming out of this and I just think it's amazing the people complaining. We, we've had it on our next door thing too, you know, which is of course a cesspool anyway. But you know, people so mad about people driving up to Amarillo or up to Alamosa, Colorado, to get the vaccine. They're like, "Oh, you guys are jumping the line." And it's like you know, there's there's actually not a line. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's not like we are pushing people out of their wheelchairs in order to get up to the front. Uh, all of this vaccine is available and, and there's these bottlenecks in the system. So I encourage you all just, um, don't, don't let that bother you. Don't let the, um, the people who are bitching about this stuff, uh, get in your way. Um, and I'm sure I will feel better tomorrow. I'll probably do a podcast tomorrow. My mother will be very happy. Happy birthday um, to make up for not doing it yesterday. Um, so let's see. Let's do earrings today before I forget. These are another pair of earrings I know I've had since college easily, possibly before that. And they are... Um, <sighs> My arm is very sore. It's very difficult to lift my arm. Um, they are sort of these dancing kitties with patterns on them. When I was younger, I believed that these um, patterns across the middle of them and the way they looked flattened out, that those were like tire tracks. And I would always call these roadkill kitties, which would really upset people. <laughs> which... I actually understand better now. It's sort of like, well, you know, Jeffy probably didn't. And they have little X's for eyes too. I guess I didn't explain it for those of you not on the visual, but it's, um, they're cats. Um, and they've kind of got their all four legs splayed out and they've got little X's for eyes and they're smiling, but then they have these designs across them that look like tire tracks to me. So <clears throat> I remember having, conversations with people about it when they would say, oh, they're dancing kitties. And I'm like, oh, I think they're roadkill kitties. <laughs> and they're like, no, that's terrible. I don't know why I was um, so much more callous about it than I, I found it kind of funny. People would get upset about that. And now I would not. Um, and, and they've been with me all this time, both of them, both of them. So I do like these earrings, but I will forever think of them as roadkill kitties. And I say that with full love for my cats and so forth. 
So let's see. I know I, I had tons of things as I was driving. I had all these things that I wanted to talk to you guys about. And I was thinking I should make notes because I knew once I got home, I wouldn't remember them. But, but one of them, and I kind of want to do like a conversation with Grace about this. But as, as I rather suspected, I haven't looked at this, David was telling me, but there's apparently a review of Dark Wizard where somebody goes on and on about uh, the fact that the heroine drinks wine while she's pregnant. And, you know, they were going on about fetal alcohol syndrome and how there needs to be a, uh, like a, I don't know, this is all like what David was telling me as we were driving, a, a wizard or a something, some sort of magical uh, support group to teach the heroine not to, to drink. And, and it was something that my agent Sarah brought up too uh, <clears throat> in the book. And these kinds of things are always very tricky. And Grace and I talked about this at length because when you're working with a non-tech fantasy world, people have a different understanding of of physiology and of things like wine uh, than we do. And so there are things that like, if you put in there that, you know, I mean, you can't put in fetal alcohol syndrome, you know, that this is a problem um, because, and, and Grace even said, um, I said, you know, I could put something in, you know, referencing something. And she's like, you know, it's just, um, it's so counter to the understanding of, of a fantasy world. And I mean, maybe this review came up with some good ideas for like, you know, how the healers see things and so forth. But I actually have very strong feelings about the whole um, women not drinking during pregnancy. And this, of course, this goes back to that I am a neurophysiologist by training, right? that I, um, I, I've st studied a whole lot of stuff and I've actually looked at the original studies on fetal alcohol syndrome, which is, I will, I'm not going to say it's not a very real thing. It's a very real thing. Um, I had a very good friend whose, um, adopted son, uh, had fetal alcohol syndrome and it caused him all sorts of problems. Uh, and part of the reason he was adopted was because his mother was not able to raise him. But the amount of alcohol that you have to, that a woman has to drink in order to induce fetal alcohol syndrome uh, on the unborn child, on the fetus, is a phenomenal amount. It's, it's the equivalent of getting falling down drunk every night. Um, which, you know, for people who have substance abuse issues, this is a very real thing because they might be getting falling down drunk every night. But, you know, we often joke about in my family that I am a martini baby. I come by it honestly, that my mother, uh, who was, I was born at the end of August in Selma, Alabama, and they did not have air conditioning and she would have her ice cold vodka martini every afternoon. And she looked forward to that, but she did have that martini every afternoon. 
And I mean, you guys can can weigh in if you think that I've suffered ill effects, but you know, in general, my brain works pretty well. So it's become this thing that that happens so much with with a lot of our medical system, but I think in particular happens with uh, women and pregnancies that people want to control it so much that they think that you can't, there's sort of this implication that women can't be trusted to have like a glass or two of wine and, and be fine. Um, you know, and they'll say, oh, well, it's just better to not have any at all, just, you know, full stop because, um, that way it removes all, all judgment. And, and one of the problems I have with this too, is that it treats women as incubators that a, a woman's primary responsibility is to provide this, um, you know, influence free, this pristine incubator for the growing child. And it, it prioritizes the child over her. And we can get into this whole thing about, um, you know, like alcohol and people have very strong feelings about alcohol. And, you know, a lot of people are teetotalers and think that nobody should drink any wine or liquor at all ever. Um, certainly that's a part of um, a number of religions and philosophies, which I respect, but it doesn't make it a, a universal truth that it is bad and wrong to drink wine. And so, yeah, I stand by that. Actually, I stand by that. Uh, Nick drinks wine and that her baby is going to be just fine. I even thought about creating some kind of, um, I don't know, you know, like, like spell that makes the, the child impervious, but you know, it, it's a funny thing because another set of studies that I, you know, researched pretty thoroughly were aspartame, uh, NutraSweet. And aspartame has enormous effects, enormous effects on the developing neurological system. And, you know, and I think, I don't even know what the warnings are now. I think they say that children shouldn't have NutraSweet. Uh, for a, a pregnant woman to drink a lot of aspartame or imbibe a lot of ingest a lot of aspartame is um, it's problematic, right? But we don't go bananas about that. So it, it's a funny thing. It's, it's one of those things where people latch onto a particular idea. And I remember getting into an argument with one of my friends in college when we were drinking wine, as I recall. I think we were out for Italian food. Surely we were drinking red wine um, where he basically came out and said that he would not allow uh, his wife, his uh, any woman who was pregnant with his child, that he would not allow them to have any wine at all, any liquor. And I'm sure the topic came up because I had been recently researching the stuff. And I was like, do you know how much alcohol you have to imbibe before there's fetal alcohol syndrome? And he's like, well, I just wouldn't allow my, my wife to, to have any. And I'm like, you wouldn't allow, excuse me. Uh, 
it's this thing that kicks in that's like, oh, you know, women stop being a person at a certain point and become the incubator and who is governed by rules that have nothing to do with their personhood. So, so there's that. Uh, I'm sure that there is some uh, unpopular opinions in there, but you know, when you're writing fantasy, you just have to be kind of consider the implications of stuff. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny to me how people will want to grab a hold of historical truths, even though it's an alternate world. So, so anyway, that's my uh, discussion about that. I was thinking about trying to have a conversation with Grace about it, but maybe I've said everything I was going to say. I have other things I wanted to talk about too, but we'll save them for tomorrow when perhaps uh, my head is a little bit clearer and yeah, let's hope. And I don't know if I'm going to get any writing done today. David thinks I shouldn't. He says I should just take the day off and I'm, I'm mulling. So um, at any rate, I will remind you all that first cup of coffee is part of the frolic media podcast network and you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts and i will almost certainly talk to you all tomorrow you all take care bye bye